You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. What the fuck was that? Welcome to Drinking with Authors, the voice change edition. I think it's because I'm coughing and drinking gin. That's it's not a good combination. Okay, I'm your host, Erica Lance. We're completely professional podcast. Um, my co-host today is the amazing and talented Bo Lake. And our guest today, showing off the alcohol before we even got to that section, because you can tell he's drunk off of one beer. <laughs> Nick, what the hell? Okay. It was, um, it's, it's, an it's, an it's an ale. It's an ale. It's an ale. ale, whatever. It's Nick ale. Savage. <laughs> okay. Let's let's talk about what we're drinking. So I have the last remaining bits of my gin with tonic, doing quotation marks, and it's got pomegranate and lime in it. It's pretty pretty badass for this afternoon. But what are you drinking? I am still drinking a Bacardi and Coke, and I am almost finished. And um, hmm, I still have a little bit more Bacardi I could throw in there, but I'm a little afraid. Oh my God, are you a lush? That was I, like the little <laughs> bottles you steal from airplanes. I do. It's an airplane bottle. <laughs> It's all blurred out. Though, yes, but you got to remember, if you don't do the podcast all the time like I do, you may not have the same alcohol tolerance. Okay. This it's is true. I really don't. The first show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You're, you're joking about that. But when Jonathan Mayberry, first time he was on the show, second time he was a little more, we were both went through a fifth of, a uh, fifth of whiskey on the show. It was, I don't even know. I had to listen to the episode because I have no idea what the fuck I said. Like, I, I'd be I, afraid to listen to myself after that. I'd be like, I will never listen to this episode. I, I don't care. I put them out. I don't give there, a shit. There is a podcast I did and I'm going back onto the podcast. It, it was creative writing with Dr. Nagel. Sorry about the name drop. Uh, she's like, I was like, okay, I scheduled like an hour, hour and a half to do this podcast. Four hours we were talking on the podcast. I was like, yes. Oh so my like, god. I'm like, don't worry, this time I'll try and beat it. I'm not sure if that means longer or shorter. But <laughs> things happen when you drink. You don't know. That's true. Oh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Whatever you're listening to this wonderful podcast on, hit like and subscribe. We need it. Also, don't forget to leave us a review. We like reviews. We'd prefer if they were drunk reviews. Reviews are amazing. We have Nick being Vanna. And our sponsor today is Skunk Brother Spirits, coupon code DWA10. Check them out. Veteran brother owned. You can send them as Christmas gifts or holiday gifts or whatever holiday or Valentine's Day. I don't actually know when this episode's going to air, so I should stop naming off holidays. <laughs> Probably a bad idea. Okay. Arbor Are Day you ready, now. Nick, for your rapid fire questions? Yes. What is your favorite book of all time? Dalton Trumbo, Johnny Got His Gun. Okay, why is that? Um, why is that? Wow. It was a, a, as politically charged as it is, it's a book that holds no political stance as far as like Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, whatever, especially when it was written there with no Green Party. 
but it's a book that that the view on it and the view on war and politics in general is something that transcends parties and transcends kind of the what's been so ingrained in us and the writing on it was just so brilliant um and ahead of its time my second favorite is catcher in the rye no i am not a sociopath um, that's up for debate okay what is your least favorite book of all time and you I'm have sorry. to answer i'm sorry stephanie but it's twilight i i tried giving it a read i got a page and a half in before i was like yeah nope it's rough it's a rough one and it, it, well, it depends i'm not a huge I, I have a love-hate relationship with twilight so the That's movies are very fun like if you want a good movie a day you put on the first twilight and you have fun with your friends that's it's very good for that okay Can't take before it we go into twilight hate what is your favorite um favorite book to tv or movie where you think they did a really good job with it fight club i uh, agree which is probably my third favorite book of all time. Um, loved the only, the, it's one of the, the movie is never as good as the book. The movie was better than the book only because I think as much as the uh, Robert Paulson character was described in the book, I think the adaptation of him on screen was better than what Chuck Palahniuk wrote. No offense, Chuck, I love you to death. Um, but the book itself is absolutely phenomenal and the movie did it as much justice as it needed and deserved. I agree. And I think it was probably one of the best cast movies ever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So where did, where did somebody go wrong and do it horribly? The opposite. Sleepwalkers. Oh God. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, so we need to elaborate on this. If you've not seen sleep, as I look into the camera, look at me. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're not watching this on YouTube, just listen to my voice. <laughs> Go watch Sleepwalkers, the Stephen King adaptation. With it's, uh, it's a fun movie, though. It's the movie might be fun, but it's an absolute <laughs> shit adaptation. Go watch it. Go enjoy it. Then go read the story and go, why God? How did they kill this thing so badly? That's a lot of Stephen King. Uh, I was going to say there are many, though. many Stephen Kings that are like that. Most like, of them. Most of them. I think it, both versions of it, I because I love Tim Curry. Do not get I fucking love Tim Curry, but there are some parts about that. I think it was very well acted, but I have to say, oh Nick, you can put your hand up. But I actually think they didn't do terribly considering the parts of the book that they left out were parts that the giant space turtle, like we need we need to leave that out. We need to leave the, you know middle school orgy out like there are things they're like let's temper down stephen king a little let's like wrap him up but other like, than that yeah. i actually do not think they've done a great job with almost anything like all the versions of pet cemetery make me want to punch whoever gets a hold of it i'm like you guys are missing the entire fucking story that's being told here but they're yeah. still watchable and as much as sleepwalkers is fun and whatever it's on the same levels like Pet Cemetery, classic movie, still watchable as itself. Forget the story it was based upon. Still a watchable movie. Sleepers is kind of like the movie, or Sleepwalkers is kind of like the movie 
leaders, which isn't a Stephen King movie. If you want to talk about, go back to, to episode one and talk about uh, 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 horror movies that I've seen, go find a movie called Bleeders. Before you watch the movie, buy a 24-pack of like Miller High Life or some shitty beer, drink half of it, and then open up another one and start watching the movie. Because that's the type of movie it is. That's the type of movie Sleepwalkers is. So Sleepwalkers is on a different level from the other Stephen King adaptations. But I will give you that there's been no accurate Stephen King adaptation. If you want to have an accurate Stephen King adaptation, you got to be handing out free cocaine to everybody who's about to watch this movie. No, it's even, true. Even the ones he wrote himself, like they still aren't the same thing. And it's very strange. I don't understand how it happens, but Stephen King is his own beast and he does what he wants. It, it happens because writing allows for dimensions that film still to this day, even with graphic... Uh, um, Computer graphics cannot match and cannot yeah. make. The pen is truly mightier than the silver screen. <laughs> Very true. Okay, Bo, do you have a rapid fire question? I have lots of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shoot it off on me like I'm in a bukkake scene. <laughs> is there a genre to write that you find intimidating that you could not write? Horror. So was that too short of an answer? Sorry. <laughs> I don't think I could do horror justice. Um, really? Yeah. I can write what I write. And the only reason I write romance is because I was told it's romance. The only reason I write fantasy is I was told it's fantasy. I write what I write. But horror has very specific elements to it that I do not think I could do justice. And I think if I wrote horror movie, it would come across like some sixth grader trying to enter some contest to win a lifetime supply of cookie dough or some bullshit like that. I do not think I could write horror. I think it would be very visually descriptive, but I don't think it would be good horror. I mean, just all the rules from screen, like put into like a screenplay. Yeah. Like, done. Yeah. It would be very derivative. It would be very derivative if I wrote horror. I couldn't do anything original with it. It's a hard equation to get right. And I, I, I think it takes a lot of study, that one. It's the sevens of the multiplication table. Multiplication is easy. And then the sevens get thrown in. People are like, I can't do it. You know, it's I had to learn a song to do all the multiplications. So I can do the sevens only because of that. I'll say, though, I think different authors have different abilities when it comes to that. Because you ask a horror author, and there are different genres where I'd go, I can't fucking write that, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, but, um, or I don't want to attempt to try Regency romance um, because I don't think I could stretch out the time somebody's needle pointing something for mm -hmm. a chapter and a half. Like, I just don't think I have that ability to come up with enough words to fill a chapter when somebody's sitting there needle pointing. Like um, pining and looking out the window. Yeah, read more exactly. Truman Capote if you need to draw stuff out. Yeah, I just, but I... <laughs> I do agree because I've seen, you know, it's interesting is like, to me, horror has, there's horror and there's like suspenseful horror. There's sort of bone chilling horror. Yeah. And then there's gore horror. And yes. I think a lot of people tend to go into the gore category when they're writing horror. And it's much more difficult to be in the other two categories. Yeah. Like, it's very different to, and I don't want to say difficult. It's different to write where you're scaring the shit out of somebody without putting the monster in front of them. 
Yeah. Uh, or being like, look at this disgusting thing, like yeah. shock horror. It's a very, it's a very Hitchcockian view to not put the monster in front of the person um, or in front of the character, even if you have to put whatever, you know, the bomb's going to explode, show the audience, don't show the character type stuff. Um, in horror, the psychological aspect is harder to write, which is why Hellraiser 1 and 2 are some of the best horror movies ever made versus Hellraiser 3 and the slasher flicks, which just become a modern, or, you know, a, a classic to become a modern day hostile, which is just torture porn. And there's nothing wrong with it. Hostel is a great movie. Saw is a great movie. Um, but they are very gore intensive. There's nothing psychological about it in the sense uh, besides, oh my God, she's trapped and what am I going to do? I'm going to try and get out of it or die. There's something very psychological about the old school, you know, uh, don't show the monster that is beyond me, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'd be better at a psychological horror than a gore horror. But to me, writing a gore horror scene and writing a sex scene are kind of the same thing. Here's a bunch, no, of, I, about I, a bunch I, of stuff that don't really advance the story. Makes sense. Okay, Bo, what is your next question? What author inspires you? Oh. Um, ooh, ooh. Uh, here's your typical Stephen King right there. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's Stephen King. But prolific. Yeah, very, very prolific. And, and his, okay, his short stories inspire me more than his uh, uh, books, his novels. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to go back to Ch Chuck Palahniuk inspires me um, to, to be able to write as, you can be sarcastic without coming across as smarmy. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I say this with an audiobook audition in mind. Um, got, I was getting audiobook auditions for Fairlane. And Fairlane is very sarcastic, but it doesn't read like a guy going, mm, you know what I'm saying? Like there's not that like smarmy sarcastic. And I got an audition and the guy sounded like one of those pretentious rich guys who was like about to like get a 15 year old girl into his bedroom like with Jeffrey Epstein like and I'm like that's not fit that no I don't and Chuck Palina does sarcastic and political and satire without being that smarmy that it's just like this is perfection please I want to be you that's my answer uh, I don't even remember what the original question was. So that what author good. inspires me? Oh, okay. Um, I'm glad you remember what the original question was. What <laughs> about what um medieval or fantastical creature would you be if you could be any? A, a centaur, or uh. Mm, a centaur. Why? Why? I have no fucking idea. That's in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, like insert manly metaphors here about having a horse. Being, no, like nothing. I just, I you I, playing Dungeons and Dragons. You always had these character races. You know, your elf, your dwarf, your halfling, stuff like that. Um, but I remember once I made a, a centaur, and the DM was like, "Don't do it." 
And I'm like, oh, I won't be a centaur, I won't be a centaur. No, because you can't get in anywhere. How are you going to go dungeon crawling? Oh, wait, you can't fit. You can't because you can't climb ladders. You can't. There's a lot things. of shit you can't do you as can't centaur. Do a, but for some reason. Take another door. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if I had more time to think about it, I'd probably say something cool like, um, like a blink dog, you know, or something they could teleport, or some bullshit like I want to be Grozit, the fucking kind of overly gay demon guy, king god, whatever. You know, like something. I'd probably pick something really cool if I had time to think about it. Without thinking about it, I'd be like Centaur, because as an asthmatic, I want to be able to run at 40 miles an hour for like more than like two stops. And and centaurs don't have asthma because you've never heard of an asthmatic centaur, uh, cute children's book. Um, where, you know what I'm saying? And I just think it'd be cool to be able to run for like fucking three miles at a time at 40 miles an hour and not be winded and need an inhaler at the end of it. And I just think centaurs be, be cool like that. Uh, okay. If I had well, time to think about it, I'd probably something that flies like a dragon or something cool, but I pick centaur because I'm an You already chose centaur, you can't change it now. Yeah, no, I know, I know. You're I a centaur and you can't go through doors. <laughs> We're all going to go party and you're going to be stuck on the outside. I like it. Um, what's your uh, weird food combination? Weird food combination? Do I have a weird food combination? All right, when I was a kid, I like peanut butter and onion sandwiches. Does that count or do you need something more modern? Oh my god, that's disgusting. No, it's actually not. Okay, so <laughs> there is a, a movie, one of the best movies ever made called Little Monsters, starring Howie Mandel and Fred Savage. I remember Little Monsters. And in the movie, Fred Savage made a peanut butter and onion sandwich. And I, being a kid, I'm like 10 years younger, seven years younger than Fred. And I'm like, I say Fred like me and him are bad. <laughs> like, I, mean, like, I was going to say, are you guys friends? Freddy over here. Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, uh, in the movie, he made a peanut butter and onion sandwich, and me, like, being, like, 10 or whatever, was, oh, I want to be like Fred Savage. I mean, I remember checking under my bed for, like, fucking six months every time. I'm like, all right, I stay up till 11. It's still fucking solid. Now I stay up till 11.30. It's still solid. I stay up till 3. It's still solid. This movie lies. I was just thinking what a lie this fucking movie was that I couldn't escape under my bed and meet some demon guy named Boy. You know what I'm saying? I had to, like, take him down. And I was so upset with my life that Little Monsters wasn't real. But in the movie, he ate peanut butter. So I ate it and I was like, this is really good. It's the contrasting flavors that make it good. But you want to use raw the... onions or caramelized yeah. onions? No, raw onions. But you want to use oh, purple onions. That makes it worse somehow. <laughs> but it was one of those things that I was like, this is actually kind of good. It was something when I was a kid. Um, nowadays, I think my odd combination would be like sour cream and French fries. If I, I do that all the time. That's not odd. No, it's not odd. But people are like, why do you want sour cream in your fries? I'm like, do you eat a fucking baked potato? They're like, yeah. I'm like, what do you put on a baked potato? Like sour cream? I'm like, what the fuck is a potato made out of? Potatoes? What's a fry made out of? Potatoes? I'm like, there you go. And people just don't get it. They're like, ketchup and fries. Ketchup is disgusting. I think that's more controversial than the sour cream. The ketchup. No, no ketchup is disgusting and never should have been made. Whoever made ketchup, if I ever invent a time machine, if that's a question, it's to go back in time and kill the person who invented ketchup. That's, I'm, I'm glad that that's where you're drawing your line, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going to stop a world war. You're not going to do anything no. else. You're like, fuck ketchup. Fuck <laughs> ketchup. That shit is insane. <laughs> okay, on that note, Bo, because we, we have a couple of questions left, I think. We'll see where this one goes. <laughs> All right, this is gonna be a controversial question, but does it involve ketchup? Because we probably <laughs> should drop that subject. So, 
Nick and I both wear two hats, being writers and editors. What is your editing pet peeve? I have two of them. His own, her own, their own. If you're talking about your own shit, you don't need to stay on. He doesn't nod his own head. He's nodding his head. But that was his own. Get rid of that shit. I feel like Burr, Bill Burr sometimes when I like to ride <laughs> the rail into my fucking like whatever. But it's true. You don't need to say his own and her. It's it's his head. It's her head. And by the way, if you're nodding, you don't need to say it's his head. You're not nodding your goddamn foot or your big toe. You're nodding your head. The other thing is when you state the obvious, you, you're shrugging. You're not shrugging your goddamn penis or your ball sack. You're shrugging your shoulders. You don't need to say he shrugs his shoulders. He shrugs. You're not shrugging your little finger unless you're saying red rum. You're not shrugging your finger. I literally shrugging wrote that on a checklist today. <laughs> For the love of God, if you write a book, that is my advice. Going back to episode one, edit this shit in. Give it to your producers and edit this shit into episode one. It'll be a weird edit. It'll be a hard cut. What's your advice to new writers? Don't say shrugs his shoulders. He just shrugs. They already know it's going to be his shoulders. That's my advice. That's okay. my petty business editor. I, I see we, the drinking with Nick. We get the emotions going. I like it. So Especially we start talking about editing. Okay. <laughs> I, I dare I ask, but Bo, what's your next question to him? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. I'm ready. Please hold. Please hold. She's, she's looking it up on her phone. This is awesome. I, I have a list. I believe you. I believe you. I think this is adorable. It's the first time somebody's pulled out a phone to look up questions on this podcast. It's because brilliant. she's read my books and knows if she doesn't have a list, shit's going to derail more than it already has. <laughs> Which of your books are you most proud of? Oh, fuck me. Uh, West Haven Undead. Uh, the book, not the series. Uh, the book, the third book in the series is called The West Haven Undead. That is my my most proud book, uh, at least if I had to do a blanket statement, because it's the third book in the series. It could also be writer's book number one if you wanted to. I think it's my most well-written, also because it's my newest, so I'm uh, almost as a writer. Um, but if I wanted to say which book actually going back and reading it, even though it's my own shit and this is going to sound pretentious, evokes most emotion in me, uh, I'm going to say The Fragile Finn Fairlane, which comes out about November 2nd. Um, Good segue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I like it. What about, um, she asked you about an editing pet peeve. Yes. What if your editors told you, you need to stop doing this? Uh, I need to stop just randomly hitting the comma key on the keyboard and learn how to fucking use commas. And I can't. If I'm editing, I'm like, this asshole can't use commas. What the fuck is wrong with that? But when I'm writing, I'm just like, uh, he was having a good day, comma, because comma, he was comma, comma. It's like your security blanket. You're just like, just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is typing something. M dash, let's throw in a colon and maybe a random bracket for no reasons. <laughs> like, I just, as, like, I can't, as when I'm writing, I just take keys on the keyboard and I'm hoping it makes sense when I go back to reread it. And it makes sense to me. So then I hand it to my editor and then she hands it back to me with like, and I'm like, I'm going to get like 20 suggestions. I'm just going to be able to like rub my nipples and be like, perfect. And then she hands it back to me with like 8,000 suggestions. And I'm like, what? 
I am the world's worst writer. So that is my that is my thing. She hands it back to me and she goes, you need to learn how to write. She doesn't actually say that. She's wonderful and I love that. No, I, you know, the thing is, is I think if you are a writer and I think from having many writers on the show that have been writing for 30, 40, 50 plus years, you know what I mean? If you get a manuscript back and it doesn't look like somebody murdered somebody on the pages, you need a different fucking editor. Like that's the simplicity of that situation. And I hate to say it that way, but if, if the person's not willing to edit you, then you have a fucking problem like that, you know. I, one of my authors always used of this in her first book. I just, uh, I got done editing her second book and uh, it was so much better in terms of the of those. And sometimes of those need to be in there. Sometimes of those need to be in there. The light of the moon sometimes is more poetic and more uh, uh, um, descriptive than moonlight. Light of the moon and moonlight are the same thing, but sometimes light of the moon works better. But never does door of the room work better than just saying door or room door or something. Never. And her first book was filled with that stuff. And the second book was near perfect with of those, minus like three or four. And in like a three million word book, I mean, it was long. It was near perfect with the of those. And I was so proud of her. I don't know if she made the changes or just naturally as an author evolved like that, but I was so proud to not have to constantly write, don't need this, don't need this, don't need this, don't need this. So it was very nice. I tell authors all the time, you should just keep a post-it next to your screen before you send off that fucking manuscript of all this shit you should control out and just look <clears throat> for and go, did I do this thing? Because when you're reading it, you don't necessarily see it, but if you go control app, shrug. How many times did the person shrug in the book? Because there's only, there's a quotient of an amount of shrugs that you should have or nods or, you know, eyebrow raises. Um, I have my eyebrow raises. Because I, I hate dialogue tags. Dialogue tags, di in writing, dialogue tags are my pet peeves. You want a trope? Authors need to stop using goddamn dialogue tags. If I'm reading something that starts with a quote and ends with a quote, you know, you know what I don't need to say is he said or she said. You know why I know that it's already something he said or she said? The goddamn quotation marks say he said or she said. End that shit with a period and tell me what they're doing. Are they are they shrugging? Are they running away? Are they like hitting someone? Are they doing? Are they taking a drink or something? Are they swirling their armoretto with the melted ice cubes in it because they've been talking on a podcast for two and a half hours? What the hell are they doing? I don't need to read. He said or she said. I know that because the goddamn quotation marks in the book. Okay. I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I see that. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of emotions. Bo, I'm gonna let you ask the last question. Oh, I have a good one for this. I love you guys. <laughs> Nick, Nick, what is a question you've always wanted to be asked? No, no, no. There is no question I've ever wanted to be asked. <laughs> uh, the, 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 go, oh, no, no. I could, I could, I could make something up. Like, I've always wanted to be asked, how do you write such phenomenal books that are the best thing I've ever written? I got a question that you would love to be asked. Yeah, ask, ask away. <laughs> Can I make your book into a movie? I bet you'd love to be okay. asked that fucking question. Yes and no. <laughs> If you're some kid who's like a sophomore at Columbia College making his like thesis film, no way in hell. 
unless you got like $3 million from your like rich dad. Uh, and even that's not a lot of money nowadays for movies. I would, I think any author would love to have his or her books turned or their books turned into a movie. I wasn't sarcastic there. That was a, I'm trying to be inclusive and forgot. Um, I'm not an asshole. I just sound like one. Um, I think any author would love for their books to be turned into a movie or a TV series. I think that would be the best thing ever. Realistically, there's like 8 billion and a half books on the market nowadays that came out like last Tuesday. Maybe one of them is going to be turned into a movie. So I don't, I don't hold pipe dreams like that. But if, if Hollywood came a calling, I'd be like, do you want me involved? Do you just want me to write, a, do you want to write a big fat check to me and do what you want with it? Because I would love to, I would love to be the next Hank Moody. And if you've never seen Californication, go watch Californication. Um, and have my books turned into a movie. I think, I love movies, but fuck movies with my books, they'd make better TV series. I'd love to see the Fairlane books turned into a TV series. I think they would make great series, 12 to 14 episode seasons, because book one and three have 12 chapters, book two has 14, um, each chapter being an episode. I think that would be great. I think that would be great, have the West Haven Undead turned into a TV series. I think those would be great TV series, very, uh, relevant and poignant and, you know, and, uh, uh, whatever, I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> but who would you like to uh, star as Finn? Oh, as Finn? Ooh, I don't know. But I know in, in the West Haven, you know, I'm going to say the same actor. I know he's, I know Finn is technically described as, is he described as white? Whatever. Finn's white. But screw that shit. Because even in the West Haven Undead, he's described as Russian. Here's who I want to play both Finn and Vistress in the uh, 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 in the TV versions. Best actor ever. And I'm looking in the camera when I say this because on the off chance that I win the lotto and you see this episode, D.B. Woodside, I want you to play my lead character. I'm a straight man, but you are the sexiest motherfucker to ever walk this planet and your acting skills are just as equally sexy as you are, and you need to play my characters. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it there because I, I just don't <laughs> think we can go anywhere from there. Um, Nick, why don't you shamelessly self-promote? How do people find you? Your books? He is sexy, by the way. I just looked him up. DB <laughs> Woodside is a a phenomenal actor, talent dripping off his chin. The guy is amazing. And he's also very active on social media, follow him. But how do you find me on social media? You can follow me on Facebook at the author Nick Savage one. Uh, don't ask about the one. I'm also on TikTok. Uh, you can find me at Savage Campus Arts. You can find me on the internets at the author nicksavage.com. You can find me at fourhorsemanpublications.com uh, under the authors where it says- And what is the new book coming out? I just had a book come out three days ago. Three days ago? I don't know what today is. Four days ago? On the 22nd. I don't know what today is. Um, on the 22nd, The Fortune of Finn, uh, the Fortune of Finn Fairlane came out. Uh, the next book comes out November 2nd-ish, and that is The Fragile Finn Fairlane. That will complete the Fairlane series. So if you've not started reading them, start reading them. They're fun reads. They're steamy reads. Uh, don't read them with your mom. Uh, that would be weird and awkward very uncomfortable. Well, Nick, it's been um, eventful having you on this podcast. That's the word I'm going to use. 
This has been Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs edition. My co-host has been the fantastic Bo Lake. Our guest has been the amazing Nick Savage. Don't forget to like and subscribe and leave us a review because Nick wants to hear all the things you'd like to say about his podcast. And our sponsor has been Skunk Brother Spirits, coupon code DWA10, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. You know what now is a good time for? It's time for a promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast, you say? Hmm, that sounds delicious. What is that? It's a delicious slice of life. In every episode? In every episode, where we talk about conspiracy theories, cartoons of our childhood, Star Trek quizzes, movies that we've liked, pod racing, general pop culture, fantasy recasts. But what we don't talk about is pizzas. Right here on the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.